Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of It Starts With Attraction. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing ItStartsWithAttraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to ItStartsWithAttraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. All of this is stupid. <laughs> that is literally what I just said to myself after the 15th time of trying to record this podcast introduction. And I thought, that's it. That's exactly what I'm trying to talk about in today's episode identifying and stopping the negative self-talk. I started this introduction literally a ton of times, and every time I would stop it, delete it, and say, I can't do this. I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know how to intro this in a way that people are going to care about it and listen to it, and maybe I should just give up. I literally just said all this to myself, which is exactly the reason that we need to talk about what today's podcast is going to be, negative self-talk. How many times do you say things about yourself or to yourself, mentally or even out loud, that are hurtful to you, that are degrading, and that are really tearing down your own self-esteem? I know that I struggle with this clearly, and it can come up so sneakily in ways that you don't even realize it's happening unless you are aware and conscious of it. In today's episode, we're going to be talking, as I've said, about negative self-talk, but I'm going to be giving you five things that you can do to help you switch the way that you're speaking to yourself and go from negative to at least attempting and being conscious of being more positive in the things that you say and the ways that you think about yourself. Of course, I'm the first to say that I clearly do not have this nailed down. I'm struggling through this and with this just like you, but these are things that I have, believe it or not, been using and implementing over the past several months And while I haven't conquered my negative self-talk yet, I can tell you that these things have definitely helped me identify it, stop it, and flip the script more times than not. I'm excited to share this with you in today's podcast. Hey, my name is Kimberly Beam Holmes, and this is It Starts With Attraction, where we discuss how to become the most attractive that you can be physically, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually, or as us insiders call it, the pies. You can become more attractive to others and most importantly, to yourself. We will teach you how. Let's dive in. This morning, my alarm went off at 5 a.m. Except it didn't matter because I woke up at 3.38 a.m. and was struggling with going back to sleep. I don't know if this ever happens to you, but there are times that I wake up in the middle of the night and I just feel bombarded by thoughts, memories, situations that have happened of things that I wish I had done differently in my life. This morning at 3 a.m., I was thinking about my roommate from college, Sarah Grace, and how amazing she was and how I wish I had been a better friend to her and how I wished we were still friends now, which made me think about 
how maybe I'm not good at keeping friends. Maybe there's something about me that people don't like. My husband has a ton of friends from college and from high school and even from elementary school that he still keeps in touch with. And I don't. And that was what I was thinking about until five o'clock this morning when I got up out of bed and was getting ready to go for a run with a friend. And I thought, gosh, I'm such a slow runner. I wonder if my friend's going to be faster than me, what she's going to think, if I'm going to be embarrassed about how slow I run. It's not even 6 a.m. yet, and I've already had dozens of negative thoughts about myself. I don't know what it is for you, but chances are you have thousands of negative thoughts about yourself every single day. You are probably thinking right now, you are not making me feel any better about myself with telling me this. But I tell you this because I want you to know that you're not alone and there is something that you can do about it. In 2005, the National Science Foundation did some research and from their discoveries, they said that about 80% of the thoughts that we have on a day-to-day basis are negative. And 95% of those thoughts are repetitive from yesterday. So not only are the seeming majority of our thoughts negative, but we have the same thoughts every single day, which means that we are likely having the same negative thoughts about ourselves day after day after day. For me, I definitely know certain negative thoughts that I have every single day, ones that are just recurrent. But then there's ones that are sneaking in too, that are new every day based on a situation that I run into, something that triggers something within me from the past that makes me think of something else that's negative about myself. And the question that I've been really struggling with and thinking about a lot, especially as we've had more time to do introspection and less time being busy in our lives over the past six to seven months is why does this happen? Why are we so harsh on ourselves, so unrelenting towards the things we think about and say about ourselves, yet we give so much grace to others? And it might be because we hear ourselves talk more than we hear anything or anyone else. We hear our own thoughts in our heads, maybe even saying it out loud to ourselves, more than we hear any other message in the world. And it may just be that because we hear ourselves more than anything else, that we start to believe the negative press that we say about ourselves. These thoughts that we have, they could be triggered from things that have happened in our past, things that other people have said to you or about you that you have heard about things that could be intense, things that made a profound and lasting effect on you. Maybe you had a parent who told you that you would never amount to anything. Or it could be things from your past that people have said about you that are less intense. Like maybe you had a parent who said that you were annoying, but they said it so much that you began to believe it. It could be that you are around other people who are negative about themselves And so you have learned to do that same behavior towards you because it's what you have seen and experienced. Or maybe it's things that you think other people have thought about you. 
maybe you've been in a situation where you felt like you were socially awkward. And even though no one else said that to you, you took away from that event or that circumstance that you were. And so now every time you're going into a new event or party, you say, gosh, I'm so socially awkward. I'm so scared about what other people will think about me. Or it could be that you have a personality temperament where you are harder on yourself. You hold yourself to a very high standard. You're quick to judge yourself. You're quick to throw yourself under the bus and to see all of the ways that you could be doing better. There's a lot of reasons and circumstances that could lead you to have negative thoughts about yourself. Some of these may really be worth thinking about and resolving. Like if you experienced emotional abuse as a child or as an adult in a relationship that you were in, that's just one instance where you may want to actually go and get professional help to overcome some of these deep traumatic words and experiences that have been said to you. But it could be that there's just a culmination of things that have happened and It may not be that you need professional help to resolve any of them because you don't even know how to identify them. Because I believe that the biggest reason that we have these negative thoughts about ourselves and experience this negative self-talk is because we live in a broken world. And some of those things we're not going to be able to fix. It is just a result of our humanity. And we can't always change the past but we can change how we react to it. You can change the thoughts that you have no matter where they have come from because all of these things that I have talked about, they affect our thoughts, especially the thoughts that we have about ourselves. But the good news is that no matter where they have come from, we can do things to intervene, change our thoughts, and have a different narrative that we believe about ourselves. So how do we overcome this negative self-talk? How can you become the kind of person that you want to be around? I would venture to say that the thoughts that you have about yourself, you would probably never say to your brother or sister, your best friend, or your spouse. And chances are, if you were dating yourself, and you said the things that you say to yourself, to the you that you were dating, that you would break up with you. You wouldn't take it. So how can we become the kind of people that you and I want to be around? One of the interesting things about emotional attraction, when we talk about that part of the pies, is emotional attraction is evoking emotions within others that they enjoy feeling. And so often we get so focused on doing this for other people that we forget that the first person that we need to enjoy being around is ourselves. So that is what we are going to be doing here, figuring out how you can become a person that you want to be around, because here's a hint, you're never going to be able to escape yourself. So let's start changing the narrative, changing the script, changing the thoughts that you think and say about yourself to be something that isn't just naive or blind to things that might need to change or happen, but is true, is honest, is edifying, is encouraging, and can help you actually believe in yourself, love yourself, and have more self-esteem and self-confidence in yourself than just beating yourself up and tearing yourself down.
So here are the five things that you can begin to do to change the negative self-talk in your life. Number one is identify the thoughts. Now, I know this might sound incredibly cheesy, but I want you to do it. A couple of months ago, I did this with a woman, and one of the things that she prompted me to do was to go through a day and take note of every time I would have a negative thought about myself and to actually write it down. And I thought, this is ridiculous. I'm not going to do it. It's going to be a waste of time. Well, I did it. And it was amazing. I'm so glad that I did. I actually took a day, opened up the notes section of my phone every time I would have, I was aware at least that I had a negative thought about myself and I would just jot it down. And at the end of the day, I didn't do a ton of thoughts. I did the biggest ones. There's a lot of thoughts that were smaller that I probably didn't even catch myself as I was doing it. But some of the bigger ones, I definitely took note of. And I ended up having about 10 at the end of the day. And I know I have more than that. I told you this morning, I already had 12 by the time it was 6 a.m. So I clearly did miss some. But the ones that I wrote down were the ones that meant the most to me because they stuck out. When I had them, I thought that is a negative thought. It was important to me. I knew it was something I struggled with. It was probably one of those repetitive negative thoughts that I was having every day. So I was more likely to catch it when it did come into my mind and I would write it down. I want you to do the same thing. And here's the thing. Negative self-talk can come in many different forms. There's actually something called cognitive distortions, and I believe it can give us a framework for helping us identify negative self-talk. And some of the cognitive distortions that we see in people are things like filtering, where you see only the bad and not the good. So for you, this could look like if you're thinking about yesterday and your day yesterday, you might be thinking there was all of these things I didn't get done, and you're only seeing the negative that happened yesterday, and you're absolutely avoiding even recognizing the things that you did get done. Another cognitive distortion is catastrophizing, where you blow situations up to being way worse than they actually are, to where maybe you did forget to turn your project in at work, and you're thinking, oh my goodness, I have ruined it. Everyone's going to think terribly of me. This is the worst. I'm going to get fired. I can't believe I did this. Or maybe you forgot to send your child's lunch to school with them. And you're thinking, they all think I'm a terrible mother. I can't believe I did this. How could I allow myself to do something so completely ignorant and stupid? How did I do this? Another one is minimization, where maybe someone gives you a compliment and you're thinking, No, someone compliments your shirt and you say, it's so old, it doesn't even fit right. You just minimize the good that people say about you in your life. Should thinking is another one where you might be saying to yourself, I should have done this. I should be a more present parent. I should have worked out this morning. I should eat better. Another one is all or nothing thinking where you believe either you're a complete failure or you're a complete success. You don't see the middle ground of it. Either you followed your diet perfectly yesterday and therefore you did a good job or you had one slip and you completely failed. That's all or nothing thinking. It's not healthy. Personalizing is another one where you blame yourself for everything that happens, even when it's not your fault. 
Another one is overgeneralizing, where you start seeing a pattern based on a single event. So maybe one time you had a friend that really hurt you, really betrayed you. But now in every relationship that you're in, you have this fear that someone's going to hurt you or that you're going to do something to push someone away. And that's what's going to end up having them betray you or have them hurt you, where you start kind of becoming paranoid in a way that it's always going to happen the same way that it has. And you see it as being something that is your fault. Another one is labeling yourself. I'm so dumb. I'm so overweight. I'm so lazy. Labeling is negative self-talk or emotional thinking where because you feel it, you believe it must be true. I feel like a failure. Therefore, it must be true that I am a failure. And then another one is jumping to conclusions to where before you even wake up and get out of bed in the morning, you already have jumped to the conclusion in your mind of I'm going to be overwhelmed today and I'm not going to be able to handle it. Those are just a couple of examples, but everything is going to be different for you. And it could also be that you just flat out, straight up, say terrible things, or it could just be that you flat out, straight up, say terrible things about yourself plainly. Whatever it is, I want you to take a day, today, tomorrow, whichever one it is, to actually do this. Open up the notes section of your phone, get down a piece of paper that you carry with you, whatever it is, and throughout your day, make it a goal to write down five to 10 of these negative thoughts that you have about yourself. That's step one. The second thing I want you to do is after you have written down those five to 10 things, I want you to ask yourself, is it true? A hundred percent beyond a shadow of a doubt, is it logically true, not emotionally true? I remember when I did this exercise, there were two very vivid thoughts that I identified that I constantly had about myself. One of the thoughts had to do about a specific area of my body, my thighs. And it's just one of those areas where I've heard it said there's the 150% mirror where probably I see it out of perspective than everyone else, but it affects how I pick out my clothes. It affects what I think about myself when I'm getting ready in the morning, just all of these things, right? So I remember writing down, I hate my thighs. The other thing that I wrote down was, I feel like I'm a bad mom. And so that was step one, identifying the thoughts. The second step that I went through is I asked myself, is it true? A hundred percent beyond a shadow of a doubt. Is it logically true, not emotionally true? Because I can justify the truth of both of those statements emotionally to myself. Of course it's true I have big thighs because when I look at it in the mirror or because I feel this way or that way or whatever, but it's all subjective. Am I a bad mom? Define bad mom. (laughs) And so I had to really come to terms with, is what I'm saying about myself logically true? Is this what my husband would say about me? Is this what my best friend would say about me? Is this what my mom would say about me? Is this what a person who saw me on the street would say about me? And if I'm 
really being honest with the logical part of myself, then the answer is no. It's not true. Now, there are some things that maybe I could have written down that is a negative self-talk that ended up being true. So one of the ones that I struggled with as well, which I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, which is, am I a bad friend? So I do not believe it's true that I'm a bad friend when I'm a friend to someone. I do believe it is true that I am not conscious or intentional about keeping in touch with friends. That part is true. But that is a different thought than I am a bad friend. So find the part of it that's not true and get rid of it. And that's going to get us to step number three, which is flip the thought. So take this thought of the one I just gave the example of, I'm a bad friend, and flip it into something that is true instead. So as I just said, it is true that I am not as intentional of staying in touch with people as I could be. It is true, if I talk about the other two, what is not true is I'm a bad mom. What is true is I'm a busy mom. I'm a working mom and I am... So when I take the one about I'm a bad mom, And I ask myself, is it true? It's not true. I love my children. I care about my children. I want the best for my children. Now, where that thought comes from, it comes from how I'm a working mom. I'm a busy mom. A lot of times I am up here in my now home office working when they are downstairs and I feel guilty that I'm not more present with them during the hours of nine to five. So what is true? How can I flip that into something that is positive, but also true? Well, the truth of it is that I am a present mother when I am with my children. So once I get off of work and go downstairs, I completely turn off work, I disconnect, I put down my phone, and I work to be as present and attentive of a mother as I can be once work is done. I will also say that I could flip that and say, I'm a caring mother because I am working to provide for their education, to provide for a better life for them. And finding that balance is where I need to focus. So if I'm feeling guilty, if I'm feeling like I'm not as connected, then how can I make more space and time during my day to connect with them while honoring my job and honoring my children? And that's how we begin to flip these negative thoughts to help us come to terms with the person that we want to be. The other and the final one that I'll talk about for me is the one with my thighs. I had to flip it into something that was positive about me, but also something that was true. And so for this, I couldn't say I don't have big thighs because the truth is I do. (laughs) They are. But what I had to flip it to was I have strong legs. So because I do have larger thighs, it's also because my thighs are muscular. And maybe if I didn't do as much weightlifting 
and the type of workouts I do, which allows me to be able to deadlift hundreds of pounds to back squat an amazing amount of weight too, then maybe I wouldn't have as big of thighs, but I would be sacrificing the strength of them. And so as you are flipping your own script, how is it that you can flip it to see the positive about you while also identifying what it is in that negative self-talk that you are wanting to change about yourself? How can you flip it so that it is productive for you and not destructive for you? Some of you, as you go through this, might end up writing something down like, I have no self-control. I'm never going to be able to reach my goals. I'm never going to be able to eat clean or start working out or whatever it might be. One of the things I want to encourage you when you're thinking about flipping the script is to flip it to say, I'm going through a lot in my life right now, and I need to decrease the expectations that I'm putting on myself. That could be one way that you flip the script. So the fourth step is to know the tactics. So one through three, just to give you a recap so far, has been to identify the thoughts, number one. Number two, ask yourself, is it true? Number three, flip the script to something that is positive and true and helps you identify the areas that you're wanting to change. And then number four is use the tactics. Know the tactics that can help you to actually implement this and make change in how you talk to yourself. So this is where we're going to get into some of the research. The first, I'm going to give you three tactics. The first one is to talk to yourself in third person. There was an interesting study done by Dr. Ethan Cross out of Michigan, where they took people and put them in circumstances that would cause heightened anxiety and increase their likelihood of having negative self-talk for themselves or towards themselves. So one of the situations was public speaking, where right before someone would get up, that's the most likely time where they're going to say, I can't do this. I'm going to fail. I'm going to stutter. I'm going to forget what I have to say, all those types of things. And to one group, they encourage them to think of themselves in third person. And the other group, they, they said, think of yourself as an I. So one group, it was, I can't do this, I'm scared. But they found that the people who were prompted to think of themselves in third person, so for me, it would be thinking of myself as Kimberly, they were actually more likely to say, Kimberly can do this. Kimberly is going to nail it. Kimberly is going to get up there and completely shine. It was just that small difference of using your own name, thinking of yourself in third person that changed their mindset from a survive mindset of fear and scarcity and terror into a thrive mindset of growth and opportunity and a can-do attitude. And the reasoning behind it is really interesting. They believe we are less likely to be defensive or emotional when we take the I word out of it. And instead, we are more likely to think about ourselves like we would another person. We're more graceful to ourselves when we're thinking of ourselves in third person because that's how I would actually think about another person. If I was thinking about my husband, Rob, I would use his name. Rob can do this. He's more, he's removed from me, right? He's an arm's length and distance, but he's also clearly in another body. But that is what helps 
for us to see ourselves differently. It puts psychological distance of the experience away from us as a human and can help us begin to regulate our own emotions. A second tactic that you can use is to write down self-affirmations and say them to yourself out loud every day, especially while looking in a mirror. So there was a really cool research study where they had people write down positive and encouraging phrases that they would use to soothe or to encourage their best friend. And then they had these same participants say those same things to themselves while looking in a mirror. Saying them out loud while looking at themselves in the mirror had an amazing positive effect on the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the system that is the fight or flight response system. So when we soothe our parasympathetic system, then we're no longer in that fight or flight state and it can help us really calm down. So here's what the study actually said. It said the main purpose of this study was to investigate whether the efficacy of a five-minute compassionate self-talk manipulation in augmenting positive emotions could be enhanced by performing it in front of a mirror and directing the phrases towards the participant's own reflection. So really fancy scholarly journal talk to basically say people were talking to themselves in a mirror. As expected, results showed that repeating the phrases in front of the mirror enhanced the soothing positive effect more than just repeating them out loud without the mirror or looking at themselves in the mirror without repeating any phrases. Research has shown that from birth, The brain has specialized systems that are highly responsive to social stimuli, like a warm voice, tones, facial expressions, touching, holding, all of those things, and that these social signals are major regulators of arousal, emotions, and physiological processes. Therefore, the mirror seems to be an effective addition to the self-talk exercise because it intensifies exactly the type of positive emotions that are considered to have a major protective effect against self-criticism and shame-based difficulties. Additionally, it lowered the heart rate variability of participants as well. All of that to say, when you look at yourself in the mirror, you're getting something you need as a human being. You are getting eye contact, even if it's with yourself. You're getting that warm voice. You're getting recognition. You're getting soothing tones that you need to calm down and to build up your confidence. I'll do a future podcast episode about touch and all how that is an amazing part of what we need as human beings. But for this one, what you need to take away is that when you speak to yourself with these positive affirmations, I can do this, I am good enough, I am worthy, I have strong legs, I am a good present mother. When you say these things to yourself in a mirror, looking at yourself, it helps you drastically. And what's really interesting about that is how eye contact is such an intimate experience. I remember when I was doing my clinical work, when I was in my Master's of Marriage and Family Therapy program, and my supervisor at that time was talking to me about how one of the most intimate things that a couple can do is to look each other in the eyes at the climax of their romantic intercourse. 
saying it in a polite way in case you have children around. And thinking about how many couples don't do that because it's such an intimate moment. It is such an intimate experience with so many emotions and so many physiological responses happening in that moment that you are at your most vulnerable at that time. And so it's easier to not look at your partner in that moment than to make eye contact with them. But when you do make eye contact and you're able to, how much of that shame goes away, how much more affection you feel towards them. And so one of the things I found interesting from this study and also taking that piece of knowledge I had is how much more intimate you would feel with yourself when you're able to look yourself in the eyes in the mirror and say these loving and compassionate things to yourself. Again, I know it sounds cheesy and I know it can sound ridiculous, but if something this simple could make such a huge difference in the way that you think about yourself, which is going to affect your self-esteem, your self-confidence, your motivation, so many things in your life, then why not try it? And the third tactic I have is meditation. I've done a lot of talks and I had a podcast just to you can go back and listen to all about mindfulness and how meditation and mindfulness work. But there's really interesting research talking about how when you meditate for five minutes a day, just five minutes a day, how it increases your empathy in your life towards others and towards yourself. Now, the reason we think that that happens is because when you meditate, you're really teaching your body how to be present in the moment It's a time where you're getting rid of all thoughts, including negative thoughts, but because you're setting the standard and setting the rhythm for your day by having that time of being really focused on the present, that it helps you to block out those negative thoughts that are going to come towards you throughout your day because you're practicing doing that through meditation. So meditation then can increase your sensitivity to noticing other people because you're more mindful. You're more aware in general. Therefore, you're becoming more aware of others. But the key is you need to at least five minutes a day consistently do this meditation practice and exercise in order to have that increase in empathy towards yourself and towards others. So that leads us to point number five, which is practice towards others what you want to preach to yourself. So if you are struggling with forgiving yourself, have you forgiven the people in your life that you need to forgive? If you are struggling with judging yourself, having all of these things that you're telling yourself are terrible about you, that you need to change, that you're so unhappy with, are you like that towards other people as well? If you are struggling with being positive and seeing the silver lining and seeing the good that can come from the things in your life, Are you positive when you're around other people or is that something that you're struggling with? It can be easier to start by practicing what you want to be preaching to yourself towards the way you interact with other people. Forgive the people in your lives. Stop judging so harshly the other people in your life. Be positive around others and it can more naturally and easily happen for you to do those things for yourself as well. Believe that the best is going to happen, not the worst. It means that you practice positive thinking. 
It's not something you're going to attain. It's not a level in life you're going to get to and get a gold star. It's going to be something that you struggle with and conquer every single day. Some days better than others. So give yourself grace. Try not to add this as one more thing to the to-do list of overcome negative thinking. I'll do it. I'll move on. I'm going to win at this and be done with it. And then we can move on with our lives. I have a tendency to do that, but realize that this isn't that kind of thing. It's something where really more than anything, you need to start by becoming aware. Become aware of the times that you have these negative self-talks. Be aware of the things that you're saying to yourself. Look for the patterns. And from there, use that as an opportunity to ask yourself, is it true? Is it 100% logically true? And then from there, use that as an opportunity to say, why is it I'm having this thought? What is it that I am trying to tell myself or I'm trying to work out that I'm wanting to change? But how can I put that in a positive light instead of a demeaning light towards myself? And then flip that thought into something that is positive and true and will help you identify what you're wanting to change in your life. Remember to use the tactics of talking about yourself in third person, writing down your self-affirmations and saying them to yourself out loud in a mirror, and also meditating. Remember to practice towards others what you want to preach to yourself. If you're really struggling with your negative self-talk in a certain area, then ask yourself, is is that an area that I'm struggling and doing that same thing towards other people? And try and start there. When you practice positive thinking about yourself, especially, it leads to an increase in lifespan, lower rates of depression, lower levels of stress, greater resistance to actually getting sick, which is crazy. The more positive you are, the better your immune system is. Better psychological and physical well-being, better cardiovascular health, and reduced risk of death from anything like a heart attack or cardiovascular disease, and you get better coping skills during hardship and times of stress. This doesn't mean that you become naive or you're only seeing the good and you're ignoring anything negative in your life, but it means that you choose to see the good, even in the midst of the bad, and even when there are times or things that need to change, instead of seeing those as something that is damning or something that is a negative on you, that is your fault, you're instead turning it into an action step of something that you can do, something that you can change, and something that's going to lead to better growth for you. I know we've talked about a lot today, but I would love to hear from you. How did you feel about this episode? What were your key takeaways? What were your aha moments? And what are you going to do differently in your life because of what you have heard today? So the key pies takeaways for today's episode are number one, do it. Do these things, even though it might sound ridiculous, even though it might sound like something you don't need to do. I encourage you to even if it's just one thing, one thought that you start with, start there and flip the script on it. Find the positive in yourself out of the negative that you keep thinking. The second key pies takeaway that I have for today is when you change the way that you think about yourself, you're also going to change the way that you think about others and the world around you for good. 
And who doesn't need more of that right now? And my third key Pice takeaway for you today is to remember that this is a practice. It's something that you are going to take one step forward, three steps back, 18 steps forward, two steps back. It's a journey you'll be on for the rest of your life, but it will become easier to be aware of when your negative self-talk is happening, when you get into the practice and routine of catching the thought before it becomes one of those negative, repetitive thoughts that you have every single day about yourself. I don't want that for you. And I'm sure you don't want that for you either. Friends, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Remember to go and subscribe to this podcast and leave an honest review. I love to hear from you guys. So be sure to go and do that. And it will also help more people find the podcast as well. You can always find out more information by going to itstartswithattraction.com for show notes, for updates, and to join the email list so that every Friday you can get an encouraging email that specifically tells you what you can do to work on your pies so that you can become the best that you can be physically, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually. Until next week, keep working on your pies and stay strong.